Log Talk Radio.
with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I ever, ever done. Help me sing it one more time. Falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever ever done in his arm in his arm i feel protected in his arm i never feel neglected in his arm i feel protected there's no other place i rather be no other there's no other place i rather be no other in no other place I'd rather be. Ah, oh, bless the Lord. Ah, oh, bless God this afternoon, radio fan. It's just good to be happy. It's just good to love the Lord. I come to you this evening singing and falling in love with Jesus. We want to thank God. This is Apostle Alexander Lockham of the Burning Bush Church in Irwin, North Carolina. We come with a word from the Lord tonight. And that song was was a title to the word to the to the message tonight. God told me to tell the radio fan whether you love the Lord or not, or you just not love Him, or you used to love Him. It's time to fall back in love with Jesus. That's my message this afternoon. It's time to fall back in love with God, with God through Jesus Christ. It's time to fall back in love with God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, we just bless the Lord this afternoon for us having the opportunity. Do you know what privilege is to be able to be called God Father and he call us his son? Oh, my God, this is not an accident. This is not an incident. This is not something that we should take for granted. The fact that we can call God Abel, we can call him Father, and he called us son. We have been adopted, hard time. We have been adopted into the royal family of God. We ought to be so excited, so excited that we've been born again, so excited that we are Christian, so excited that we done passed from darkness unto the light, so, so excited that we've been washed in the blood of Jesus, so excited that we've been bought with a prize. We're not our own. We belong to God. God bought us. He, uh, he, even as bad as we were, the wrecked and sinner we were, the uh, messed up as we were, God still bought us. He purchased us with his shedded blood. Amen. The Bible said, yes, listen, he didn't purchase us and save us after we got saved. The Bible said, yet while we was in sin, yet while we didn't love the Lord, yet while we disrespected him, yet while we blasphemed his name, yet, yet because of how we treated him all kind of ways, he sent his son to die on the cross to pay the price for our sin, yet while we were in sin. Not after we got out of sin, but he did it while we were in sin. And ask yourself a question. Who in the world would purchase something they know it already broke? You wouldn't go to Walmart. You wouldn't go to Kroger's. You wouldn't go to Tallheimer. You wouldn't go to some fancy store buying a product and you know the product was always broken. Actually, when you found out it was broken, you would take it back to the service desk. But God know we were broken and he bought us. He know we were, oh, my God. He know we want no good and he bought us. We know we won't clean. You ain't going to go to no store, no clothing store, and buy no outfit and it's dirty. It might be a pretty outfit, but when you look and see the dirt on it, you're going to take it back and get your cleaner one because you don't want no dirty outfit. 
sin, but God bought us while we were dirty. Yet while we was in sin, yet while we was unclean, God has showed us in love. He said, for God so loved the world. Oh, my God. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever can believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And what I'm so glad about, I'm talking about the love of God, and I'm going to talk about us falling in love with God again, because we've been born again and we're saved, but there's something missing in this walk we have with God. So let's talk about the love of God that God gave us. But the Bible said, what love, what love is this that he bestowed on us? Listen, the scripture said, what love is this that he bestowed on us that we should be called his son and his daughter? Oh, that God, oh, my God, had the audacity to there, the, 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 the unclean as we were, and broke as we were, so messed up we were, he yet had pride enough to call us his son and his daughter through the shedded blood of Jesus Christ. We've been bought with a pride. We are precious. We, 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 we are precious jewels in the eyes of God. And God called him fit to send his son to die on the cross for our sin, yet while we were sin, yet while we were doing wrong, Jesus shed his blood for us. He showed us his love, that, that unsearchable love. Oh, my God, I'm so excited about the love of God that God has showed us. He showed us that love. And then he said to everyone, he counted us all on the sin. That's why God had to do this. No matter how righteous we thought we were, he counted us all on the sin in order to give us all grace. He couldn't count one this way and one that, and one got this and wanted this, and one got righteousness and one got goodness. No, God had to knock it all the way down and count us all. He said, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all were counted in the iniquity. We were all counted wrong so that the Lord, God Almighty, could, could give grace to everyone. So grace is offered to every man. But what we, what, what we have to fail to do, we segregated, we separated. We, we show grace to who we want to show grace. And them that we don't want to show grace to, we don't show it grace. We, 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 we segregate who we do it. And God forbid that we do that because Jesus Christ died on the cross for everyone. He died for Hitler. He died for uh, uh, Hussein. Hussein. He died for, uh, for Sadat. He died for all these mean people. He died for everyone. He died for Pharaoh. He died for everyone. Yes, he died for everyone. Everyone has a right to the tree of life. Everyone has a right to be born again. Everyone has a right to become a Christian. Now, that don't mean they're going to be saved because Paul said all men don't have faith. The Bible said all men, all men ain't going to be saved. He didn't say that because they couldn't be. He said it because they don't want to be. Understand me. God has fixed, fixed it so every man can be saved. Every man had an opportunity to be born again. But if he don't be born again, it ain't God's fault. God has done his part. He sent his son, and his son gave his life that we all might have a right to the tree of life. Every God fixes so every man can be said, no matter how mean he is, no matter what he done, no what kind of crime he committed, he can have everlasting life if he would accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Now, God done did his part. God loved, loved us. God wants us to fall back in love. Now, when I say fall back in love, that must mean then that we fell out of love. Amen? Uh, uh, Revelation 2 and 4 says, let, let's go to Revelation let, let's see what the writer said in the book of Revelation, Revelation 2 and 4. Amen. It says here, starting, yeah, starting at the second chapter, 
in the first verse. It said to the angel of the church of Ephesians right. Now God got uh, Paul writing, because you know Paul was on the Isle of Patma. They put him out there to hoping he's going to die. He shipwrecked. They shipwrecked him out there. They, 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 they hated Paul because of the ministry. They hated Paul because of his anointing. They hated Paul because of his ministry. And so they put him on a ship uh, to, to, uh, to Ephesians, to Tarsus, hoping that he was going to, on the Isle of Patma, hoping that he, the ship was going to sink and that he was going to die, but he lived. And while he was out there, God gave him a vision, and God began to talk to him. And he told him to write, told him to sit down and write. Paul did some great ministry out there in the island. They put Paul in the wrong place. When they put Paul in the island to kill him, Paul started living. That's when Paul really began to allow God to use him on that island because he was by himself. He was secluded. And he began to write letters. And he told him to write to Ephesians. And tell them, he said, these things say he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. This is God Almighty. He would talk about himself. He said, tell them this is me doing this. This ain't Paul writing, y'all, because he got all excited and got an option. He said, this is me. I'm God Almighty who walks, among, uh, uh, who walks in the midst of the seven candlesticks, golden candlesticks. He said, I know your words. And your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. See, God knows us. He knows our heart. He knows our labor. He's going to pay every man according to his word. You ain't got to tell nobody whether you're good or bad. God knows whether you're good or bad. He knows your heart. He ain't looking at your lip. He ain't looking at what you're telling everybody else. He ain't looking at the Bible that you're holding in your hand. He's looking at the Bible that is in your heart. So God already knows every hair on your head been numbered. Every spur falls to the ground, God knows about it. So he said, I know your labor. God knows you. He knows you're good. You know, he knows all about you. And, and he wants you to know that he knows all about you. So we can't deceive God. We can't fool God. We can't put on a front. And he said, I know your words. He said, but he said, and you have tested those who say they're the apostles and are not. They have found them liars because they were... Paul said there were many apostles right now pretending they were apostles and talking they were caught by God, but they were trying to shipwreck Paul's word, and they weren't really apostles, and the people was anointed. See, when you are anointed, see, when the Spirit knows the Spirit, when you are anointed, you know people who pretended. You know people fall out on the, in the Spirit because somebody's looking, and they didn't fall out in the Spirit because God knocked them out. And when God knocked somebody out, now listen, you think about this. If God's Spirit is in that, if God's power is in that church that strong, that God knocked them out. Why you ain't feel nothing? Huh? And they, they all falling all out, rolling all out of the chair. There ain't nobody else sitting there but them. When God's power in there that strong, he's going to knock some more folks out. Somebody else going to know that God is in the midst. So Paul, they, they knew that, that the apostle was hypocrite, and they weren't really apostles. But look what he says. He said, and in the third verse, says, and you have per, uh, perseverance and have patience and have labor for my name's sake, and have not become weary. In other words, I see your labor. I see that you, no matter what you're going through, you persevere. You didn't let it stop you. I, I, I see your labor. I, I, I see your hard work. And then you didn't get weary about it. You just, you're just hanging on in there with a positive mind. All that I see. He said, but the fifth verse, but the fourth verse said, but nevertheless. Now, you done done all that, and I see you done all that, 
But nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Oh, that's my verse for tonight. Keep that verse right there in your mind. I got a couple more verses. But hold that verse, because that verse is the key. That verse is the motor in the car. That, that verse is the transmission that drives the car. Without a motor or transmission, your car ain't no good. Hold on to that verse right there. He said, nevertheless. In other words, you're doing all right. That's fine. But nevertheless, there's something you're doing that I am not pleased. He said, I got somewhat against, I have somewhat against you. Say, you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, now, now listen. I'm not God saying, look, look, I'm not fit to judge you. I'm not fit to destroy you. I'm going to give you a chance to get it right. He said, remember, therefore, for where you have fallen, and repent, and do your first word. Or else I will come to you quickly and remove your candlestick from his place unless you repent. You hear what he said? Other words, he said, I'm going to give you a chance to get it right. You left your first love, but repent. I'm going to give you a chance to repent. See, God will not judge you. God will never judge you unless he give you a chance to repent. He's gracious and merciful. He's slow to, he's patient. The Bible says he's slow to, he's slow to judgment. He, 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 he's long-suffering toward us that we might be saved. And the Bible says he's slow to repent. That means he gives us time to repent. He gives us an opportunity to, to repent from our wrongdoing. He's patient and long-suffering toward us. And then after God, be patient with us. We still don't repent. He showed great. And then just seeing preacher after preacher, seeing your mama, seeing your daddy, seeing your brother, sister, seeing your church member, seeing the apostle to you, telling you that you need to get your act together. You need to quit doing this. You need to quit that. See, God don't make you quit doing nothing. When God tells you to quit, you should have the audacity and the wisdom and the knowledge uh, uh, to quit. The Bible says wisdom cries in the street. Wisdom is saying, listen, listen to that apostle. Listen, that what you feel to do is wrong. That what you feel to do is a mistake. That what you feel to do is to break up your home. If it's to tear up your marriage, if it's to tear up the church, if it's to tear up the choir, don't do that. What wisdom said. Wisdom said, don't do that. Think about what you're about to do. Now, let's go back to the message. Oh, now we're getting, we're getting out to the meat of the message now. It says, you have left your first love. What is a first love? It's that feeling that you had when you got saved at first. You had compassion for people. You cried. You loved God so much that nobody else could get no testimony in because of you. When you got up to testify, you testified a whole hour. Other people had to testify too, but you loved the Lord. You were so excited. You were the first one at church. You didn't wait for nobody else to beat you to church. You beat them to church. You loved the Lord. You was in love with God. He had saved you. He had gave you salvation. He had brought you out of darkness into the light, and now you've been born again. You've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. You've been clean. You're feeling something you ain't never felt before. You're feeling a peace you ain't never felt before. You're feeling a joy you ain't never felt before. You're feeling a love you ain't never felt before. You're feeling a compassion you ain't never felt before, and you so lit up and you excited, and you love, you love the Lord. But the trials come. The tests come. Our life circumstances come, situation come, chaoticness come, disappointment come, failure come, setback, lies come, the trials of life come, and all those things because you focus on them. See, you got, I'm going to help somebody this evening. Quit focusing on what you're going through and start focusing on God who's going to bring you through it. 
Can I say that again? Your problem is you're focusing on what you're going through, and if you keep on doing it, it's going to get the best of you, and it's going to knock you down, and it's going to set you back. Focus on God who is going to bring you out of what you're going through. That's why David said in the scripture, look unto the hills for which come at your help. Not just today, not tomorrow, not next week, but every day, every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year. When you become born again every second of your life, you got to walk by faith. You got to trust the Lord. And you can't look at the circumstance because circumstance is going to come. Disappointment is going to come. Lied is going to come. You ain't the only one been lied on. If you've been born again, you're going to be lied on. Those are part of your testing. Those are part of your trial. You're going to be lied on. You're going to be picked on. And some of them going to do it despitefully. But what did he say? Pray for them. Listen, but we won't do what the Lord says, but we want God to give us the victory. We want God to bring us out and bring them out tomorrow. God may not bring you out tomorrow. So what are you going to do if God don't bring you out tomorrow? What do you keep on loving the Lord? Keep loving him. Stay focused. Keep your mind on him. That's why David said, look unto the hill, what come of your help. All your help come tomorrow from the Lord today, tomorrow, and the next week. You don't stop along the way and decide when you're not going to look unto the hill. Every time you go through something, look unto the hill. Every time they lie on you, look unto the hill. Every time they hang your name on the signboard, look unto the hill. Every time your wife is acting crazy, look unto the hill. Every time your husband acts crazy, look unto the hill. Every time your children act crazy, look unto the hill. Every time your boyfriend act like he don't lost his mind, Look under the hill for what come at your help. All your help coming from the Lord. That's why God said in the book of Proverbs, no, he said, in all thy ways, acknowledge God, and he shall direct thy path. In all thy ways, look unto the hill for what come at your help, and God will direct your path. Why? Because what you fit to do may not be the answer. You fit to get your gun. You fit to get your knife. You're going to get your weapon. You're going to get that map of yours, and you're going on that job to lose that job. That map of yours is going to make your husband walk out that house. That map of yours is going to make your wife walk out that house. That, wife, that map of yours is going to make them children leave and never come back no more. That's why you got to look into the hill. you got to get that thing to God. you got to give it back to God. And so that love you had when you first got saved, we all had it. We were so excited. But the Bible said why we were asleep. The enemy came and sold turds in the field. See, see, the Bible says some seed fell in rocky soil and some seed fell in the grass and some seed fell on top of the ground and some seed fell in good ground. But what Jesus was trying to say is all our hearts are different. All of us receive the word of God in a different way. But you've got to receive the word of God so you can bring forth fruit 30, 60, and 90. So you can't let your heart be hard. Ain't no seed can grow on hard ground. Ain't no seed can grow in no cutterbird and grass. Johnson grass, that means that mess in your life. You got all that meanness in you. Got all that bitterness in you. You got all that hatred in you. You got all that, that remorse and animosity in you. You got all that unforgiveness in you. And then you try to put God's word there. It ain't going to do nothing but choke it out like a morning glory. So what morning glory do, what morning glory, so I came up on the farm, a private tobacco and different things. What morning glory vine do is they, they, what they do is they wrap around the plant. They wrap around it and they choke it to death. They wrap around it so the leaves can't spread out and get opposite. And it'll keep going round and around and get tighter and tighter until it sucks the life out of the plant because the plant can't get no opposite because 
The morning go to got the leaves all tied up around it. And that's what the devil do. He'll get somebody to come in your life. He'll get circumstances to come in your life. He'll get situations to come in your life. And, baby, they'll wrap around you. And they'll wrap around you. Every time the phone rings, you answer it. And know it's that same old person that keeps bringing you gossip. You know it's that same old person. And they're not doing nothing but stealing your love for Jesus. After a while, you ain't got nothing. You don't even feel nothing. Because you done lost it. You lost your love for them. Now it ain't about the Lord no more. Now they got to make you testify. They say, anybody going to testify? That bothers me when we go to church. They ask any more testimony? My God, it should have sounded like a thunder inside there. You should not have to ask nobody if there any more testimony. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, and all that he done done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank you, God, for saving me. Church should have been on fire. It should have been more popping up out of the hood. I don't care about 10,000 there. All 10,000 should have had something to say. Because God been good to everybody. God, it, don't, it don't matter what you're going through, baby. Don't never forget that God been good. Don't never lose your love for God. Don't never lose your compassion for God. Don't never lose your affection for God. Because listen, why did I say that? Because God can't use you if you lose your compassion. God can't use you if you lose your affection. God can't use you if you lose your emotion. God can't use you if you lose your kindness. God can't use you if you lose your goodness. God can't use you if you lose your meekness. God can't use you if you lose your goodness and your, and your gentleness. You see what I'm saying? God can't use you if you lose your love. Cause you, God can't use, I ain't lose you. I going to use you to show love to others when you don't lost your love. You don't know how to love yourself now. You said in the back, won't testify. Come to church late and won't leave early. No feeling, no compassion, ain't witnessing to nobody because you don't lost your first love. That, that, that God gave you when you were first born again. That's the first love he was talking about. The children of Israel love God. When God delivered them out of Egypt, and he brought them from the hand of their enemy. They, they loved God. God was good to the children. He gave them the land of milk and honey. He gave them plenty. But as, by God, as they got blessed, the Bible said, eat and drink, and they rose up and played. That's what we're doing now. We're doing the same thing the children of Israel did. We left our first love. Listen, they were, they were performing all the acts in the church. They were, they were performing all the duties there, but they but they didn't have no love. Do you not know you can do things without love? Do you know do not know you can do things and don't have a bit of love in it? You just doing it because it's traditional. You just doing it because it's, it, it, it's customary that you do it, and there ain't no love in it at all. And see, this ain't what God wants. God don't want that old cold man. He don't want you coming singing in the choir. He don't want you ushering at the door. He, he, he don't want you on the trustee board. He don't want you sitting in the pulpit preaching the fastest sermon to the chairs move, but it don't move you. You ain't got no love about what you preach. You don't love the people you're preaching to, and you don't really love the message that you preach. You're preaching because you can preach. You're preaching because you had the ability to preach, but you didn't love what you're doing. You got to love what you do. If you're a leader, if you're a pastor, if you're an overseer, if you're an apostle, if, 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 if you're holding these positions, you're supposed to have the love of God in you. You're supposed to love God. Not only have the love of God in you, you're supposed to love God. Because the only way God can love the people is that you love God. And God wants somebody to fall back in love with me this evening. So all you doing, oh, my God, is putting on a show. All you're doing is doing a ritual. 
all you doing is doing something you've been doing for a long time. You don't know when the last time you loved God. It's okay if this message finds you. Don't get mad about it. Don't let it. Don't listen. Don't let it. Uh, don't let it. Don't let it offend you. Let it convict you. See, this is what the Word of God do. See, a lot of people miss the blessing through God's Word and the preacher preaching, the apostle preaching. I'm not preaching to offend you this evening. I would dare not do that. Oh my God, I would stop preaching before I did that. I'm not preaching to offend you because I'm preaching God's Word. I'm preaching that it might convict you. That it might. This ain't something where God's gonna kill you uh, if you done doing done something. No, no. God is warning you. God is, is getting your attention. He's telling you you done drifted away from me. You you on the back burner now. You you don't love me like you used to love me. You don't. You you. God wants you to hug Him in the spirit. God wants you to love Him in the spirit. When you get up in the morning, you should say, "I love you, God." Hard job, bo 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 You should say, "I love you, God." When the last time you got up and come on, apostles. You so busy trying to trying to tell somebody else what to do. When the last time you told God you love him? Up there teaching about love, telling everybody else about love. When the last time you told him you love him? Is that all right? We we do we, and, and, and this is this is an example. We do the same thing to our wives. We get married. When you first get married, that's what you call that first love. When you first get married, oh you the lover. Oh my God, you a tote her in the house. Ain't nothing you walk to New York for her. Oh, that gleam in your eye. Oh, my God. If she says you want it, you're going to go get it if you have to go to the moon. Uh, but as the days go by, as the disappointment comes, uh-huh. yeah, 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 as life circumstance come, come, disappointment come, wrongdoing come, talking back to one another come. After a while, that love you had for her become dim. It, it, it become cold. You don't love her like that no more. No, no, when the last time you told her she looked good on Sunday morning when she got dressed, some other man had to tell her she looked good, and then you got an attitude and got mad because some other man told her she looked good. You should have told her she looked good. She yawned. You had her there at the house all that time. You had her Sunday morning before she left out the house to go and get in the car. She got to ask you how she looked. She shouldn't have to ask you. You said, why you ask me? Why you ask me how I look? You look okay? Why you ask? And look how cold that was. And that she that made her mad right there. Look how cold that was. Now she asked you how she looked, and you get an attitude. And then when some other man tell her, girl, you look so good. Oh, if you were mine. Oh, if you were mine. I told you across the street. Oh, if you were mine, you would have to walk for nothing. What did he say to you? He said, he said you should tell him you should you should, you should tell him just what he said. You should say he said if I were here, he would tote me. You ain't never told me that. You ain't never told me. Last time you told it me and when we first got married and you didn't act like you wanted to do it then. And you know see sometimes God will allow husband, sometimes God will allow men to come not to sing him, but God will allow them men to come to say something nice to your wife to remind you that that's what you ought to say. You don't lost your first love. You don't tell her you love her no more. Cause you are apostle now. Uh, you are you are the bandits now. You you are overseer now. You over churches. I ain't got time to tell her I love her. I'm over churches. Well, let me tell you something, Mr. Apostle. Let me tell you something, Mr. Bishop, over 3,000 churches. When you leave church, you need to leave church at church. And when you get home, you need to let home be home. When you get home, it ain't about church no more. It ain't about your title. It ain't about your position. It ain't about all the people up under you. 
That's why Ecclesiastes said in the time of all things, when you at church in that conference, then you over that conference. But when you get back home, you don't rule her with your title. She ain't got no business going in the kitchen fishing nothing in the name of a bishop. She ain't got no business going to fishing you a meal in the name of a apostle. Uh, you ought to go and drop your title and go fix her a meal if you want to do something. The Bible says you want to be great. Humble yourself. Get on your knees. It's time that the apostles get on our knees. I as well as myself. And the Bible said a high up to go to humble we ought to get. We're supposed to be the most humble people there is because we're not supposed to be looking at our titles. And I have seen so much stuff going on. I've had people coming to me crying. I'm with tears in their eyes because the apostle, because they said the apostle said something to them because he didn't acknowledge them and didn't call their name and and, and they called, they said, preacher, and sugar said, apostle, and he tried to scorn them. But, babe, it's okay. If you don't call me apostle, it's okay. I know that I'm an apostle, and I'm not trying to ride on that title. You know what I'm saying? But but it's time to fall back in love with God. And just like the husband, it's time you fall back in love with your wife. I'm using you in order to get the message across. Husband, it's time you fall back in love with your wife all over again. You need to pick, go. You need to start back buying some flowers. You need to go buy some chocolate and get about 12 roses. No, I'm sorry. You behind. You way behind. You need to get 24 roses. You need to add 12 more to that. There. You need to get 24 roses. And you need to go and and and, and, and have the flower people, have the florist to bring. That's what I did the other day. I had the florist to bring my wife some flowers uh, and some candy. And I gave them the candy, too, and I happened to bring it to her. And you ought to start a gleam in her eyes. We've been married 42 years, and here this woman got a gleam in her eyes. Now, after 42 years, baby, gleam's gone. You know that. You know ain't no gleam in nobody's eyes no 42 years. My wife got gleam in her eyes for me right now, and we've been married 42 years, going on 43 years, and she still loves me. She'll still fight a tiger for me right now. That's why she loves me. And I want to keep that love alive. You hear what I'm saying? And every now and then I get slack. Come on, y'all. Come on, every now and then I get slack, but I catch myself. Uh, I catch myself. We got a date night because I love her. I got. I feel that first love I had for her. Every now and then it's trying to get weak. Every now and then it's trying to fade away. But I, I rekindle it. I realize that it is my responsibility to love her, not some other man. It's my responsibility to tell her I love her. It's my responsibility to tell her I adore her. It's my responsibility to tell her how precious she is. So we have a date night. We have a date night. And then when something comes up, I can't get that date night called a revival or, or a service, then I change it to another night. But every week we try to have a date night. Amen. And two or three times a year, we, we, we take a vacation. We take, we, 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 we take a week away. We, we get a week and we'll go to the, uh, sometimes we'll go to Myrtle Beach or we might go to another beach. But in December, we take a whole month. We go from, from the 1st to the 31st. We take, I couldn't do it when I was working, but God retired me now. So now I can take a whole month in December. I look, I look forward to it. I'm so excited. My God, I'm looking forward to it right now, December, right around the corner. Uh, in December, we, we go down there, and we stay the whole month. It ain't about no bedroom. Excuse me, expressions. It ain't about, about, about lovemaking uh, and cuddling up. It's about getting away and, 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 and holding her in my arms and showing her I love her out of the bed. Uh, that's what they call foreplay, showing that I love her out of the bed. 
as we walk in the stores and she goes shopping and I see the gleam in her eye while she's buying things that she's able to buy that she never could buy. Uh, we, we go out and set it, we'll go and set it in the back of the restaurant and we, so, so that so we can be all alone and, and talk about things. And sometimes we, we talk about our faults. Uh, sometimes I have to reveal my, my fault. What I mean by what I mean, I have to tell her I'm sorry for what maybe I talked to you, maybe I raised my voice. I, I'm sorry that I was bitter today, baby. I, I'm sorry that I, that, 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 that I talked to her. That I talked to blood, that I talked it down to you. I'm sorry that I hurt your feeling. I'm sorry that I made you cry the other day because what I said. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. And, and husband, that's what you got to do. You got to get the first love back. Uh, you don't need no another woman. You already got a woman. Love the woman you got. Be faithful to her as a loving hand in a pleasant road. Get your love back for your wife. Get your love back for your children. Isn't that something, preacher? Can I hear something? This happened to me. And it happened to me because I have a son, and it happened to me. And here I was, I, me and my son, we, we weren't getting along at all. I raised him hard. I, I had three girls and a boy, so I raised him because I was kind of blunt on him. Every little thing he did, I was on him. I was on him. It was like I was provoking him. And the scripture said provoke, but I, I, didn't, I didn't read that scripture later on after God had to show it to me. I, the Bible said, Father, provoke not your children to wrath. Uh-huh. Let you make them turn on you. You make you make them turn on you. Then they turn around and curse you out, or they, they turn around and say something ugly, or they turn around and retaliate. Then you, man, why you do that? I kill you. I brought you in this world. I take you out of this world. Uh, that's what we say, you know, because the, the child retaliated. We, we provoke them. The Bible says provoke them not to wrath. Because, see, and then when you turn 18, see, I, I, he was 18 years old, and, 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 and me and him got into controversy uh, right out in front of all his friends because I told him to come here. But see, I didn't do it right. I did it with authority because, listen, I brought you in the world. I think that when I say come, I mean come. But see, he's 18 now. When your child turns 18, they grown, and you're supposed to show some respect. You should have been, I should have said it the night way. The son, when you get a chance, come here. I want to talk to you and get through talking to your friend. But no, I said, you're going to come now. And see, it called the convert, but it was my fault. And, you know, and we had a convert that I got ill at him because he tried to fight me. But I provoked him to fight me because of what I did. And I was like upset with him. Here I was going all over the world preaching, trying to say other, encouraging other moms and dads about their children and all that, everything, and then telling them how this is how you get it right. This is how you get praying for their children. This is what you say to them. Uh, uh, this is how you act toward them. And the Lord spoke to me one day and said, what about your own? He said, you're trying to save others. What about your own? I didn't even see myself. Preachers, sometimes you may not see yourself. Why are you out saving the world save your own house? Why are you out saving other marriages save your own marriage? Why are you out trying to witness the other people about their children and get them counseling? Counsel your own self about your own children. You, 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 there's a way that you have to carry yourself as a dad before your children. And you have to respect them. Yes, you are to discipline them, but you are to do it in a godly manner. Do it that it don't provoke them. Do it that it don't make them want to leave home and never come back no more. Don't be no cold-hearted preacher, preaching hell and damnation all the time to your children until they want to leave and don't want to never come back. They don't even want to be a preacher now because you were so bad of a preacher. Because, huh, you got to be an example. you got to be an example of what you preach. You can't preach one thing and live another. So you got to fall back in love with your, with your wife and fall back in love with your children. Have a meeting. you got to call all the children together, even the one that's mad at you. Uh, you tell me, I ain't calling them. I didn't leave. 
I don't care if they don't never call me. What kind of attitude are you? You're an apostle. You're a preacher. You're a man of God. Out there trying to save the world. I told me you don't care what your son called. I ain't doing him wrong. I ain't done nothing to him. There's even the scripture said if you have awe. Scripture said if you think somebody have awe against you. And even he said about the children that they could be included too. He said if you think someone have awe against you, you ought to leave your guilt at all and go see. If you're not having a relationship with your son, he ain't called you and you ain't called him. You up there preaching all over the world. You need to lay your Bible. Down. I ain't tell you to cut preaching, but you need to go pick that bone up. And you need to call your son. I don't care if it was his fault. You need to call him up and say, son, look, I know we have a misunderstanding, a disagreement. And it doesn't matter who fault it was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we fell out. I'm sorry that we fought. I'm sorry that we had harsh words. <laughs> I'm sorry that I said what I said and you said what you said, but I wanted to mend this thing. I wanted to get it together. I love you, son. Tell him you love him. Get that old pride out of the way and tell him I love you. And I wish you could come back home. I want you to come back home. You tell me, I don't care if you don't never come back home. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't tell you to leave. I ain't going to tell you to come back. See, you've got to understand that you've been born again. You are a leader. You are the example. And you've got to lose that old cold man. Preacher can be so cold. Preacher can make people don't want to be preacher. Preacher can make the children leave and don't never come back no more. Being so cold. Some people be saying, I ain't want to be no preacher. My daddy was a preacher. He was a mean preacher. Yes, there's a mean daddy that are preacher. And I'm talking to you, mean daddy that are preacher. You need to quit being mean. You, one girl asked her daddy one day, she said, Daddy, can I ask you a question? She said, what, baby? He said, ain't God got some good sermons in the Bible? She said, what you mean? He said, oh, you preaching hell and, and, and brimstone. Ain't there some good scriptures in the Bible? Ain't there some good sermons in the Bible? Preacher, there are some good sermons in the Bible, too. Why you preaching about hellfire all the time? Like you ain't never done nothing wrong. Like you ain't kind of sin. You teaching you you teaching the law more than you are grace. But you need to let people know no matter what they've been through. God's grace is sufficient. It don't matter what mistake they made. God's grace is sufficient. Now let me get back to the message so I can close out with this. Uh huh. He said, I got someone against you. You have left your first love. And I want to share that what first love is. First love could be a new car. Uh huh. First love, I talked about the marriage. Your first love was your honeymoon. You all, oh, you had a honeymoon when you first got married. You loved her for the first few years, and nobody couldn't have told you nothing. If somebody lied on her and say she did something wrong, you wouldn't even believe it because that's the kind of love you had for her. But as the years went by, you lost that love. Husband, get that love back. The first love is like a new home. You know how it is when you first get a new home. Oh, my God, can't nobody tell you nothing. You're keeping that house clean. Uh, that wife keeping that house clean every day. Every time you turn around, she's there keeping that house clean because this is the new home. But as the days go by and the week go by and the month go by, after a while, sister stop cleaning that house like you used to because the love for that house, that, that new that new done wore off now. That love be gone. Yes, she still loves the house, but that love to clean that house like that is gone, that drive, that compassion is gone. Uh, it's like the love of a new job. How is it when you get a new job? You know, you're so excited. You got that new job. Can't nobody tell you nothing. You love that job. You love your supervisor. You love everybody on there because you ain't been there for one day. And everybody act like they're nice. But now uh, you do that for another week and another month and another year, you realize how devilish people are. You realize ungodly people are. You realize how mean people are. The supervisor's not mean. Now the employees mean. And now that love you first had. Is gone. How about how about a woman when she first have a baby? Oh my God, she loved that baby with unspeakable joy. But now, sixteen year old went by, that baby talking back, that baby cussing, that baby disrespecting her. Uh, that baby won't listen to a thing she say. That baby keep getting in trouble. 
that love is gone, baby. But you got to keep loving him even though he's doing that. But most of the time, that love drifts away. You don't love him like that no more because he don't love, look, he, 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 done, he done wore the love out of you. The stuff he done done, then call the love that you had from that first love to be gone. But I come out this evening because God told me to tell the church that it's time to fall back in love with him. God, worship is okay. Singing in the choir is okay. Ministering to people okay. Oh, sitting in the, in, the gift, uh, in, the, in the seat of an apostle, a pastor, or an evangelist, that's okay. But have love. Have love for God. Have a compassion for us. If you don't love people, you already made a mistake. How are you going to say God called you to be a leader and you don't love people? Pause on that just a little while. You don't love people, but you say God called you. You got to love people, even when people don't love you. You got to pray for them to respectfully use you. You hear me? You got to go an extra mile. For the Bible said, if you are only going to love those that love you, and only going to pray for those that pray for you, and only going to give to those that give to you, what more have you done? What different are you? Even sinners do that. We've been born again. We got to go the extra mile. Amen. You got to love even if they don't love you. You got to be compassionate even when they ain't compassionate to you. You got to care for them even when they do you wrong. See, that's why can I tell the story and I tend to close this thing out? It's so rule about Hosea. And God told Hosea to go tell the children of Israel because the children of Israel had sinned against God. They had committed hoarding against him. They had left God for other gods. They forsake their God. The, the, the true and living God, for God made by hand, wood and stone and hay. The Bible said they changed the holy God into a corruptible God. And he told Hosea, Hosea, because Hosea was his servant, he said, Hosea, go tell the people I love them in spite of what they're doing to me. I love them even though they committed adultery against me, even though they committed adultery against me. When, you, when, you, when a man sinned against his wife, that's adultery. But when, a, but when a man sinned against God and he'd been born again, he'd say, and God's serving another God, that's adultery. To serve another God while you're serving God is adultery. So go tell them, God said, that even though you committed adultery against me, I still love you. So Hosea gets his little Bible and gets his little strip, walks out the door with no compassion, with no feeling, with no remorse, uh, with no care. He only go and do it because he a preacher. He only going to do it because God told him to do it. So when he got ready to walk out, God said, no. Sir, God, what do you mean, God? No, I don't want you to go. Why, God? Because I want to show you something. I don't want you to go now. He said, but I'm going to go. I was going. He said, yeah, but you're going in the right frame of mind and going with the right, what the wrong heart said. Your heart ain't right. And if you go in that set of heart with the way your heart is now, they ain't going to get it. He said, they ain't going to get it because you ain't got it. He said, what I want you to do, <coughs> I want you to go out in the street, and I want you to marry, get this woman. She's a prostitute. Her name Homer. I want you to marry her, and I want you to bring her home, and she's going to be your wife. And go do that now, and I'll talk with you later. So what God, she's a prostitute. Yes, yeah, she is. Go get her. So Hosea, go get her. He brings her home and marry her. She comes home. She's faithful for a little while. That's what the children of Israel was. They were faithful for a little while when God first saved them. When God brought them out of Egypt, when God brought them to the promised land, they were faithful for a little while, but the Bible said they eat and drank, and they rose up to play. So she was faithful for a little while, but then she slipped out and, and got pregnant. She got a child, and it wasn't Hosea. 
She brings the child home later on. I'm just going through this real fast. She slips out again on Hosea. She gets another child and brings him home. Again, she slips out on Hosea the third time. She gets another child. She got three children that ain't Hosea. Remember now, this man's wife went out on her and got three children with, another, with other men. Don't even know who the daddy is. She probably don't even know who the daddy was. She just went out and slept with somebody and don't even know who the daddy is. So now she got three children, don't even know who the daddy is, but Hosea's still loving her. Uh, he ain't leaving. He knows she done cheated. He knows because she's a prostitute. But he loved her anyway. God put love in his heart. God called Hosea to love her. See, Hosea didn't have the love for her. When God, when he took her and married her, God gave Hosea spiritual love to love the woman. Oh, my God, my God. See, baby, when you, when you, when you marry, when you, a pre, when you are a Christian, you need spiritual love. You just don't need natural love to love your wife. You, if you love your wife in natural love, y'all, y'all, won't, won't, y'all not going to stay together. You'll never stay together because you need that spiritual love to add to the natural love. I don't care how so uh, so last a lot you are. I, I don't care how smooth you think you are. I don't care how nice you think your word is. Without the love of God, with your love, that marriage will never stay together. So God gave Hosea love. Let me speed up. God gave Hosea love for Homer because he didn't have it. And now he's in love with her. I mean, he's really in love. Even though she's cheating on him, he's still in love with her. And now she got three children. Now listen to this. Now, not only is he raising three children that is not his, she finally just leaves home altogether. She don't come home no more. She was coming home. Now she leaves him with three children. Uh, how many men will put up with that? She leaves him with three children that ain't his, and now she's gone for good. He just raises somebody else's children while she out there in the street and throwing herself away. It got so bad that she throwed herself away, and it got so bad that she was end up getting she would end up getting sold on an off on an auction. Auction. It got so bad that she didn't have no money to live off of. She had to be sell herself. Somebody bought her. That's how bad it got. And they were selling her at an auction uh, 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 in town. And when Hosea found out about it, Hosea went in the cookie jar. He went in the shelf. He, he went in the savings. He took everything he had, Shatai, Etai, Bobo, Shay. He took, don't let it sound like Jesus. Don't let it sound like God sent Jesus. He took everything he had, all the money he had saved, and went to the auction. And he got to the auction about 9 or 10. I don't know where the auction got started, but they started selling different people. So now Hosea, now, 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 now Homer is on the stand. All tore up, clothes all tore off of her. Uh, uh, looked like somebody done beat her up. She done had a bad night. And here she is there on the, on the auction stand, fit to be sold. And they begin to bid on her, and the bid went up. And you ever been to an auction, you know how bids are. They start off like $20, or $30, $65, $60, $65, $70, $65, $70, and the auction went. And so whenever the auction began to go, Hosea bought her with all that he had. Nobody else was really bidding on her because they knew she was a prostitute and wasn't much value there. But to him, she was precious. To him, she was worth all the money he had. He bought her. He brought her back home. He put her back in her house. And he told her, I forgive you. And I love you. And he says, I'm going to take care of you. And you won't never have to worry about living out on the street no more because you're precious to me. You're my wife, and I'm your husband. And then guess what God said? Oh, I like this part. God called Hosea. Hosea, 
He said, yeah, God. He said, now you're ready. Now you know how I feel. Now you know how I feel. Now you know what it is to hurt. Now you know what it is to love somebody even when they don't love you. Now you know what it is to love somebody when they, when they cheat on you. Now you know how it is to love somebody when they commit adultery against you. She committed adultery against you, and you love her in spite of them. With tears in your eyes, you took everything you had, and, and, you, and you went and got her. And, and you tell them, now go tell the children of Israel that I love them in spite of their adultery and affair. That's why the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. Only thing, God gave everything he had. God loved you so much that he gave everything he had. He gave you his love. Now you give God your love. Huh? Quit going through, to, through the motion. Quit going through the tradition and love God from your heart. Love God in the morning. Love God if you, whatever position you hold it, love God. Love him with tears in your eyes. And we were talking earlier, uh, me and the apostles were talking earlier about, uh, about uh, worship and, and praise. And the difference is, one, one, one can, anybody can pray. Anybody can praise the Lord. But the Bible says that everything has breath, praise the Lord. Anybody can praise the Lord. Listen, anybody can praise the Lord. Even a sinner can praise the Lord because he said let everything have breath. He didn't say everything that was saved. He said everything have breath. So anybody, listen, hear me what I'm going to say. Anybody can praise the Lord, but anybody can't worship the Lord. You've got to love God to worship him. You got to love God to worship him. This is a heartfelt thing. This is a soul-felt thing. That's why the difference between praise and worship is praise is from the soul. Praise is from the intimate of your heart. A pray, I mean, uh, worship is from your soul. Worship is the innermost part of your heart. But praise is from your lip. Because the Bible said, Jesus even said it, you praise me with your lip, and you go out and cuss your brothers out with the same lip that you praise me, son. But, baby, when you worship, oh, my God, it comes from a deeper part than your lip. And it comes from the innermost part of your being. Worship, you, you worship is love. Worship is compassion. You worship is saying, thank you, God. Worship is saying, God, I love you in spite of. God, you've been good to me, Lord. You, you showed me your grace and your mercy. You brought me from a long way. God, if it had not been for you, who was on my side, God, I should have been dead, God, sleeping in my grave, God. Oh, God, it could have been the other way, God. You could have counted me out, God. You could have let me die in that club, God. Uh, you could have let me drive in that drive-by shooting, Lord. You could have let me die when I took that overdose, oh, God, when I drank that bad liquor, God, when I was in that affair, God, with another man's husband and another man's wife. You could have let me die in my sin, God, but you showed me grace and mercy, God. And I want to thank you, God. I, I want to praise you, God. I want to lift you up, God. I want to magnify your name, God. That's worship. When you get compassion, when you get emotional, when it's saying, oh, when it's saying touch your soul, that is worship. Uh, that goes beyond praise. Because as I said, anybody can praise it, but anybody can't worship him. Oh, I bless the Lord. This evening. I encourage you, fall back in love. Your day will be better if you fall back in love with God. Listen, your problem will be lighter if you will fall back in love with God. Quit worrying about the problem and worry about loving God. Well, be concerned about loving God. Tell God to love him in spite of Say, listen, you, you complain about what you're going through, and this is your complaint. Lord, I'm doing this. See, see, you're praying with a complaint. 
You're not playing with a praise. When you go before God, you complain about, Lord, I'm going through this. Don't you see what I'm going through, Lord? And this is happening. And, Lord, my supervisor doing this. And, and, and my, my children acting like this. And my wife acting like this, Lord. And my bills are due, God. And the bill collector keep on harassing me, Lord. And I don't know what to do. No, you need to go to worship. You see, huh? You need to give God a praise. You need to say, God, I'll sabbat you. I thank you anyway, in spite of, even though the bills are due and my money gone and my supervisor acting crazy, my wife acting crazy, my husband acting crazy, my children acting crazy, my friends act like they don't lost their mind. But I bless you at all times, God. Your praise shall continue to be in my mouth. You got to change your attitude. In order for you to go to another aptitude, you got to change your attitude. See, it's your attitude that got you at the aptitude where you are. God wants you to go to higher. Paul said, press to the mark of a higher calling. God wants you to go to another level. He wants you to soar high like an eagle above your problem, above your troubles, above your heartache, above your pain. In order to do that, you got to fall back in love with God all over again. God told me, help you to fall back in love with him all over again. Precious Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to bless the radio world from the head to the bottom, from the apostle to the just lay member in the church. Give us back that first love, God. We lost it. Somehow or another, God, we, 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 we lost our focus. Somehow or another, God, we got so busy. We should caught up in the life circumstances until, God, we just forgot to say, show you we love you. We lost the love. We have no compassion, no affection, no emotion no more. But you sent your word this evening. You said not to go out and come back void. Put your love back in our heart in the name of you that we will love you, God, like we're supposed to love you. And then we can love people, God. Forgive us now for losing our love for you. We fall back in love with you all over again, God, with your help, God, in the name of Jesus, that we might be able to fall in love with people. We praise you. We lift you up and we magnify your name. We receive your word in our soul and our heart now, God. In Jesus' name we pray and we say thank you. Amen. Apostle? Amen. Amen. I was getting ready to find a song, Falling in Love with Jesus. It is so awesome. I couldn't even hang up. Good God. I tell you, Apostle Alexander Lockamy, truly you are a man of wisdom. You are a man that can rightly divide the word. I used to be quiet so everybody can hear you from beginning to end, but I had to come in that time. And I just want to say I appreciate that. But you said something so profound that you were saying. I mean, it really just stuck with me when you said that that everything that has breath, let them praise God. Yes. I was I was really really amazed with that because that's true. You said let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And then they didn't have to be born again. They didn't have to be saved. That you owe God that, even though you ain't born again, even though you ain't saved. You see, if you breathe, if it got breath, it owed God a praise. He said, let the sun praise him. Let the moon praise Let the stars praise him. We don't know if they even have breath or not. Let the firmament of heaven praise him, because he's worthy to be praised. Good God Almighty. <laughs> you hear me? Every time, every time I hear you, I'm just so excited. It is just so awesome. I thank you so much. And I want to say to the radio audience that Apostle Lockamy is out of Irwin, North Carolina, and we're going to ask them again. We always do. But what is your phone number? 
910-658-5206. Golly, it's just so beautiful. I was trying my best to put that song on, but we're going to have to do it next time. I'm struggling here, but the devil is a liar. I love what you say. I'm falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, God bless yeah. the apostle. Again, you can hear him Monday, I mean, on Thursdays from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in the United States. I also pray, uh, play him on Sunday morning. I play that tape from 8.30 uh, a.m. to 10 o'clock. So I try to at least play uh, his teaching, his words of wisdom, at least twice a week. Again, tell your neighbor friends, for those who's online, those who's on a computer, our number to call to listen to him on Thursday, starting at 7, is 319-527-6036. Again, that's 319-527-6036. God bless you again. We thank you so much, and we thank you, Apostle, truly that we love uh, listening to you and we just thank you for all the wisdom that you are giving us, for all the time that you are spending with us and teaching us to really love the Lord and abase ourselves. Truly, we love you so much. God bless you, Dad. All right. God bless you. And thank you again. Again, you've been listening to The Burning Bush. The radio uh, broadcast soon will be a TV broadcast, and that you can listen to him at 7 o'clock. Uh, PM. God bless you again. Bye bye. Bye bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.